With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 15. On today's Fantasy Baseball in 15, we'll look at a surprising pitcher's duel and some unexpected power from Monday's games. Like death and taxes, Dodgers get a Dodger. <laughs> I have That's not had uh, three cold brews yet. It works great in a fantasy. Three. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15 on The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15 for Tuesday, July 6th, presented by Tops. Check out Topps Project 70, celebrating 70 years of Topps baseball cards. I'm Al Melchior. I'm here with Michael Beller. And Michael, let's start with a long list of uh, injury notes here. Uh, Nelson Cruz has been dealing with a persistent cough uh, that's part of just an overall bad chest cold he's been dealing with for several days. He got an examination and x-rays on Monday. Uh, also, in some other Twins news, Josh Donaldson was out on Monday with a tight hamstring. Mitch Garver is not going to be back before the All-Star break, but uh, should be back sometime uh, not too long afterwards. Buster Posey has been diagnosed with a thumb contusion. He was out on Monday. Tyler O'Neill he pinch hit, uh, even though he is dealing with uh, the after effects of a hit-by-pitch on his hand. Anthony Rendon also, uh, he did not play against the Red Sox on Monday, still considered day-to-day with his hamstring injury. Good news for Mike Trout. We haven't heard this in a while, uh, Michael. Uh, Trout hitting on the field on Monday and uh, targeting a return not too long after the All-Star break. That's coming up not too far away. Uh, So good to hear that. Uh, Jonathan India scratched with uh, a sore ankle. Uh, Eddie Rosario expected to go on the injured list with uh, an abdominal injury. Sammy Long already placed on the IL with a lower back strain. Yasmani Grandal to be evaluated for a calf strain. Zach Plezak is going to come off of the IL. Uh, if you recall, he hurt his thumb uh, aggressively removing a shirt. Uh, he's going to uh, aggressively make a start on Thursday <laughs> against the Royals. John Means. Made a rehab start on Sunday for high A Aberdeen. He's going to climb the ladder, make one at double A, one at triple A, and then we may see John Means back in the Orioles rotation. Lorenzo Kane is slated to start a rehab assignment with triple A Nashville sometime later this week. Sixto Sanchez done for the season. Uh, he is to have shoulder surgery. Chris Sale throwing batting practice on Tuesday, then expected to begin a rehab assignment. So we may see Chris Sale back in the not-too-distant future. And Michael, let's talk closers here. This is like a, a follow-up story because uh, we talked about Yimmy Garcia over the weekend uh, just melting down. And so he did not get the next save opportunity for the Marlins. On Monday, they had one. They gave it to Anthony Bender, nailed down his first career save, and against the Dodgers, no less. 
I mean, he was never getting that save opportunity. He threw, what, like 40 pitches or something like that in that one inning where he gave up all those runs against the Cardinals. So, uh, yeah, that was, or against the Braves. That was never going to happen. I'm not too, I'm not reading much into this beyond the fact that Garcia was unavailable after that dreadful outing on Sunday. All right. Well, tried to create a little drama here, but uh, <laughs> you're just not having it. So, uh, with that, we will go ahead to uh, the other Monday performances. And uh, we'll start with Kwon Kyung Kim. Seven scoreless innings against the Giants at Oracle Park. Three hits, two walks. Just a couple of strikeouts. So that's kind of been Kim's MO, especially more recently, earlier in the year, more strikeouts. But he's kind of back to being a pitch-to-contact sort of starter. Uh, Is there still appeal in that? I suppose, but I think it's just streaming appeal. I mean, that's really where he's been living is in the stream. And so, you know, there were times where he was getting more strikeouts but was getting knocked around a little bit more. I would rather him sacrifice the strikeouts and get literal outs more frequently and give up fewer hits and fewer walks. So that's nice to see. I still do think, though, that if he can't bring both of them at the same time, then we're talking about him as a streamer and really no more than that. Alrighty. And, uh, you know, I nearly talked about Willie Peralta on Monday's show as a possible streamer. And I just thought, nah, the, the peripherals just aren't that great. But he not only matched Colby Allard, who we did discuss as a streamer, uh, but really outpitched him in this game. And I mean, the, the lines are misleading because uh, Allard finished five and a third with five runs allowed, but only two of those were earned. Um did strike up nine batters, walked only two. So really, for, for fantasy purposes, still a pretty good start for Colby Allard, but things kind of unraveled in the sixth inning for him. Peralta just, just kept going. He went seven scoreless, uh, three hits allowed, no walks, six strikeouts uh, against the Rangers. Uh, a lot of ground balls for Peralta, also a lot of apparent um, luck on balls in play. No matter what his profile is, you're not going to expect any pitcher to move forward with a 183 Babbitt rate. Uh, but uh, Allard and Peralta, how are you liking them going forward? Yeah, Allard is a guy we've talked about a few times and uh, definitely qualifies as a streamer every time he takes the mound. I think in deeper leagues or maybe more just um, you know aggressive leagues that maybe he could be someone who, who sticks on a roster in a 15-team mixer and certainly in AL-only leagues, but uh, that's where he is for me. Peralta, it's impressive to see what he's been able to do, but yeah, that 183 Babbitt married to a 60% ground ball rate. I mean, you like the ground ball rate in terms of not giving up a ton of damage, but we know that ground balls typically can find the outfield grass more often than fly balls can. So the fact that he's got that incredibly low BABIP on that very high ground ball rate would tell us that the other shoe's going to drop on him eventually. So maybe we talk about him in the stream discussion, but no more than that. All right. Well, I think we'll probably be talking about Tyler McGill going forward, assuming that he's going to be out there for for streaming. Uh, Certainly generate quite a bit of excitement with his start against the Brewers. Uh, Five innings, one run, seven strikeouts for McGill, just two hits and two walks allowed. Um, Do you foresee that he's going to be somebody that maybe is going to be difficult to stream in the weeks ahead because of availability? Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I I think he might be because, you know, people, people get excited, right? We all get excited about when a... Uh, when a prospect or prospect-ish type player gets the call, and that's certainly where McGill falls, and he's looked pretty good. The 19 strikeouts and 14 and a third in his three starts, uh, a whip at 1-1-2. Obviously, we're not going to read too much into that, but it's what you want to see for a guy who's just making his start, the fact that he hasn't been just getting abused and totally letting a bunch of base runners on uh, leads you to believe that he's got some sort of recipe for success or certainly has uh, found a recipe for success early on in his career. So I do think that he's someone who, uh, even after just these three starts, has shown us enough that I would 
take a shot on him. Like I would take a shot on him sticking around my 15-team mixed league before I would take a shot on Allard just because I think there has to be more ceiling in McGill right now. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, Baylor Ober was somebody that I've, you know, again, sort of toyed with the idea about talking about on the Monday show as a a one-start streamer, but also as a two-start pitcher this week. Thought about including him in the weekly uh, next week in fantasy baseball column, but he just he had given up so many home runs. I just didn't like the risk, especially with the first start coming against the White Sox. Well, that first start went pretty well for Bailey Ober. Uh, Seven strikeouts in five scoreless innings, three walks, two hits. No home runs, obviously. Didn't give up any runs. Uh, so he's now up to 33 strikeouts over 29 and two-thirds innings. Uh, should I continue to be concerned about the home runs, or are you just liking the overall profile here? I don't love the overall profile here, and it goes beyond the home runs. I just don't see a ton of great stuff in the mix here. I think that the successful starts we've seen from him are a little bit more predictive than they are, or a little bit more descriptive than they are predictive. And uh, just uh, you know, I, I just there's just not a lot to like. I, it just feels as though there's there's not a ton to like. Statcast isn't really loving him very much. It seems that he's earning the four eight five ERA, the one three one WHIP. XERA has got him at four oh six. So we're talking about maybe a little bit of bad luck, but not bad luck to the extent that he should be down in the mid threes with ERA. Um, you know, you hats off to, to him for the start he had against the White Sox, but not someone who I'm particularly interested in beyond streaming in a good spot. Okay, well, let's take a look at a few hitters who did well on Monday. Max Kepler with a couple of home runs. He's up to nine now uh, in that game against the White Sox. And... Uh, I mean, it's, you know, it's interesting because we're, you know, a little more than halfway or roughly halfway through the season here. And it's still the point where, you know, a two homer game from Max Kepler takes him from sort of behind pace and disappointing season to, oh, okay, power wise, he's, he's kind of where we expect him to be. But uh, the batting average has just been uh, atrocious this year for Kepler. Uh, it's just a, it's a confusing profile for him because uh, even though the power has up to this point been a little disappointing, his career, his uh, barrel rate rather is a career high so far, uh, but the strikeout rate is up. So what do you make of that whole combination of uh, indicators for Kepler? It's the strikeout rate, man. It's the strikeout rate that's killer. And, you know, and we, we have gotten to a point or we got to a point years ago where we were okay baseball wide with strikeouts you know strikeouts are just like any other outs don't worry about them too much and you know I'm happy to see that there is starting to get the some momentum for the pendulum swinging in the other direction because they're not exactly the same as other outs and so long as he's striking out this much uh, you're seeing the negative effects you're seeing what just the value of putting a ball in play or I guess in Kepler's case the lack of value for not putting the ball in play can do to a hitter. And so if he's going to be this kind of hitter for the rest of the season, I'm not particularly interested. If he can put the ball in play a little bit more often, even if it means sacrificing some of the career-high barrel rate, I would be a little bit more interested in him. But so long as he's striking out this much, he's going to be a deeply flawed player. All right. Well, short term then, would you be more interested in Kepler or Ben Gamble? Uh, a surprise addition, at least to me. Maybe I'm being unfair, but a surprise addition on the two-homer list for Monday. Part of a three-for-five game for him against Atlanta. He's now up to four home runs in July. So I say short-term because I think we know who Ben Gamble is. I would expect that that's probably what your reaction would be. But clearly swinging a very hot bat right now. 
Definitely swinging a hot bat right now, so hats off to you if you are rostering Ben Gamble. I would be more interested in Max Kepler because we've seen it from Max Kepler before, and you know maybe this uh, two-homer game he had yesterday is the sign of him starting to put things together in this 2021 season, and maybe he can go into the laboratory with the fact that the Twins aren't really competing for anything this season, giving him a little bit more freedom to tinker. Uh, ben Gamble is Ben Gamble. Max Kepler at least can be something beyond what we've seen from him this year, so I would be much more interested in Kepler. All right. And is Zach Short just Zach Short? Uh, I'm not sure because we haven't seen a lot of Zach Short yet. But uh, what we've seen has been really intriguing. He homered on Monday at Texas for the Tigers. Uh, Getting some regular play at shortstop. I will admit I enjoy seeing Zach Short at shortstop in the box (laughs) score. Uh, But the really intriguing thing is that over his very small sample of 41 plate appearances, he's got a 422 on base percentage. Now, also striking out a lot, which I know is not going to impress you, Michael. But uh, is he somebody I should be looking at, say, in my Tout Wars OBP league? I think so. I mean, he's going to play for this Tigers team, and we've talked about the Tigers a few times on this show, Al, and the fact that they're going to be making trades, and they really need to see what they've got in all their youngsters. And Zach Short, someone who they brought over from the Cubs, is one of those guys who I think they want to learn some more about, want to learn as much as they possibly can about this season. So I would expect Zach Short, at the very least, to have no playing time concerns over the second half. And he can be an on-base guy. That's something that he showed in his minor league profile. The glove is good enough for him to stick it short, at least in the short term. But I think potentially in the long term, he could be a shortstop. So all that points to me points me to wanting to at least give him a shot. I definitely think that he's someone worth kicking the tires on in OBP leagues and AL-only leagues and maybe even in some deep mixers. All right. Well, we've got a fairly short list of potential streamers for Tuesday. We've got Merrill Kelly with the Rockies on the road uh, matchup. Uh, Johnny Cueto gets the Cardinals. Uh, that's that's a nice matchup. Dane Dunning gets the Tigers and Ryan Weathers at home against the Nationals. Do you like any or all of these pitchers? Yeah, I, I think all of them are worth streaming. The one who I would go after first is probably Merrill Kelly. But I think all of these guys are, are worth stream. I would go, let's see, I'll, I'll go Kelly, Dunning, Weathers, Cueto. All right, there you have it. And uh, let's wrap up here with your ban- with your weekly gambling spotlight. Yeah, I'll get through this one pretty quickly. Al Cubs, losers of 10 straight. They're going to win eventually, but I don't think it's going to be today at home against the Phillies. Minus 130, Aaron Nola against Jake Arrieta. That is a huge gap. Jake Arrieta looking like one of the literal worst starting pitchers in all of baseball this season. And I don't see the Cubs turning things around with him on the mound opposing Aaron Nola. So give me the Phillies at minus 130 at BetMGM. And then I'll look to the Cubs' uh, crosstown rival in the White Sox. I like them. Minus 115 is the odds you're getting on BetMGM at the Minnesota Twins. Carlos Rodon and Jose Barrios are the starting pitchers in this game. Interestingly, Carlos Rodon, one of the handful of pitchers who haven't seen their spin rate drop all that dramatically from where it was pre-Sticky Stuff crackdown. So uh, that gives me a lot of confidence that uh, what we've seen from him this year totally for real and something that's going to stick around. I'd like it to stick around at least against the Twins on Tuesday. Uh, that's an interesting tidbit and uh, like your use of stick around there oh, as man, well. I knew you would. I knew you would. <laughs> <laughs> so on that very high note, we're going to wrap things up here on Fantasy Baseball in 15 and just ask that if you do have an opportunity to rate and review this podcast, that you take a moment to do so. And we thank you for it. So uh, I am Al Melchior and for Michael Beller, we'll be right back here on Wednesday. Wednesday.